We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app People know, y'all, and it's not going away. The perennially accurate pollster, Rasmussen, just reported something shocking. By a margin of 51 to 44 percent, voters said it was likely that cheating affected the outcome of the 2020 election. Not just that there was cheating. Our own Department of Injustice even acknowledges that. But that it was likely that it affected the outcome of the election. Like I said, people know, y'all. That includes, listen to this, 74% of Republicans believe that and 30% of Democrats. It's a festering wound at the heart of America. We cannot come together. We cannot heal. We can't even function as long as a majority believes that. From there, the results of the poll got even more shocking. Some 47% said it is likely Democrats stole or destroyed ballots for former President Donald Trump. That included 75% of Republicans and 30% of Democrats. That's not just a poll. It's a festering wound at the heart of America. And it's fatal. The Washington Examiner puts it this way. It is the latest survey to show that much of the nation is stuck in neutral when it comes to moving past the 2020 election. That's putting it mildly. And it explains the polling we're seeing now. Rasmussen also asks, which is more important? Making it easier for everyone to vote or making sure there's no cheating in elections. 60% of likely voters said it's more important to prevent cheating. 37% said it's more important to make it easier to vote. But then black and white voters have always been united on this. In the most recent Rasmussen polling, when asked, do you want to have to have voter ID? Do you want a voter ID? 70% of blacks and 72% of whites said yes. Folks, you know what the truth is here? Everybody saw it. I was on Twitter in the night of and the days after the election. I mean, and I'm talking watching people in other countries. The whole world was stunned watching those results come in. And they have never been explained. You cannot heal a wound like this about this election without those results being explained. Specifically, here's what people saw. They saw Trump 
ahead, dramatically ahead. They saw all over the world. They saw those five swing states almost simultaneously shut down, some of them with lies, like that there had been a water main burst in Georgia. There wasn't. They saw the observers kicked out. In fact, it was even reported in live time by the news media that the observers had gone home and that the the counting had stopped, but it didn't stop. And in some places, they put the cardboard up over the windows. And they saw something else, something the world has never seen before. Well, in an American election, maybe in Venezuela or some third world regime. They saw Trump's vote total go down as Biden's went up. It's normal for one candidate to be ahead and then a pot of votes come in and the other one passes him. It's not normal for one candidate to lose votes. Yet Trump did as the returns rolled in. It has never been explained. We know this. It happened on every news outlet that did the reporting from NBC to Fox. That's because they were all downloading the same totals. That's why we all saw it at once. How did Trump look like he was winning? Why did Brett Baer report that Trump now had after Florida more than an 80 percent chance of winning the election? And then the flip came. No one has ever explained it and our nation will never heal from it until they do and it's not just america it's the whole world that mocked us the next day and in the days after they all saw it because the downloads all came from a central location after the uploads from the state they went through a new york Times system and came back they saw votes flip from biden to trump it was all over twitter and the people tweeting it Many of them weren't even American. They hadn't seen anything like this. The whole world saw it, like I said. How do you heal from that? You do old-fashioned gumshoe journalism. You go and you figure it out. Was there a glitch in the system? Were the uploads corrupted somehow? That would have gone a long way to fix it. But instead, the elites and the media told us resoundingly in chorus to shut up to stop asking questions. They even pulled down the videos of the vote flips that people had taken off of mainstream TV from Fox to MSNBC. They were there. Everybody saw it. And then the censorship began. People deplatformed and canceled for asking these questions, for stipulating that something seemed so wrong here when they simply wouldn't answer the question. And then people began to wonder, can they answer the question? Nothing since then has helped us to heal. And everything since then has only confirmed what people began to suspect on election night, that the elites just don't want to talk about this. And they will destroy anyone who tries. Up next, dual justice comes to the local level by orders of the mob. The jarring contrast between Ashley Babbitt and what just happened in Minneapolis and what it means next we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Almost simultaneously, two things were announced on Wednesday. That the Capitol officer who shot Trump supporter Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed woman who had just climbed through the window of the Capitol, there would be no charges and his identification would not be made public. Almost simultaneously, we learned that the female officer in the Minneapolis suburb who had shot Dwayne Wright would be charged even though she had accidentally discharged her gun. It was not intentional. She had meant to reach for the taser. In fact, the body cam showed her yelling, taser, taser, as she shot him. It was an accident. The kind of accident you should be fired for. But prosecuted for? It was a jarring contrast. The Biden Justice Department said that the Capitol officer who shot Ashley Babbitt wouldn't be charged. And as I read this to you, as I read their explanation for why, ask yourself this. Why couldn't we apply the same legal logic to the Minneapolis case? In the Capitol shooting case, the shooting was intentional. In Minneapolis, it was not. Listen to what the Justice Department said, and you'll hear the dual justice in this. Justice now in America depends on who the victim is and whether they have liberal privilege. Here's what the statement said. The investigation revealed no evidence to establish that at the time the officer fired a single shot at Miss Babbitt, the officer did not reasonably believe that it was necessary to do so in self-defense or in defense of members of Congress or others evacuating the House chamber. That is standard. I know that it is because I was a crime reporter for many years in Charlotte. I covered so many of these shootings. And this is what the police department and the prosecution always said. No charges pending because the officer reasonably believed that he was in danger. Well, why can't we use that excuse in Minneapolis? Dwayne Wright had ignored the officer's orders, gotten into a vehicle and was fleeing. When a perp does that, the vehicle becomes the weapon. All the officer had to say was, I thought it was reasonably dangerous that he could hurt someone. That's exactly what they said in the Capitol case. It's two standards of justice. Again, this is what is tearing apart this country. It's not race. Although on the surface, some days it appears it is race, but it's not. It's dual justice. The excuse that the officer was reasonably afraid could have been used in Minneapolis. It's been used for decades to get officers off the hook when they shoot folks. Whether rightly or wrongly, you can agree or disagree, it's what's always been used. That standard is changing, and we have a two-tier system now. Look, we can decide that we're going to charge every officer from now on, even if the shooting was an accident. That would at least be a consistent standard. We could debate whether that's fair or not, but it'd be consistent. It wouldn't tear the country apart. This is not a consistent standard. It's a sick one. Based not on the law or the 30 years of legal precedent that was used to justify the shooting in Washington, but based on dual justice. 
Trial lawyer Robert Barnes said it best in a tweet. Contrast Ashley Babbitt with the case of Dante Wright, the guy shot in Minneapolis. Both shot by police, he writes. Difference? One faced a warrant for prior charges of armed robbery when accidentally shot while seeking to escape arrest. The other was deliberately shot for trespass on public property. Guess which cop was charged? Well, the knee-jerk reaction of a lot of my audience was, yeah, it's because Ashley Babbitt was white um, and because Mr. Wright was black. But that's not quite it either. It was because Mr. Wright had liberal privilege because he was a member of a preferred Democratic group, whereas Ashley Babbitt did not. And who decides? The mob decides now, not legal precedent. Let me give you an example of how I know the mob decides. Megyn Kelly tweeted this, and she's right. Remember the black city manager of Brooklyn Center who was fired for the hate crime of saying he wouldn't fire the police officer right away, that she deserved due process? That guy? Again, he was black. Here's what he said. All employees working for the city of Brooklyn Center uh, are entitled to due process with respect to discipline. Uh, This employee will receive due process, and that's really all that I can say. If it was merely race driving this, he wouldn't have been fired. He's black. No, he didn't have liberal privilege. That's what's driving this. Because what the liberal mob wants, the liberal mob gets. How do I know? I got proof of that, too. This is a Megyn Kelly tweet about the city manager who got fired. You know, the black guy for saying that the officer deserved due process. Here's what she writes. At least one city council member in Minneapolis voted to fire him, quote, because she feared retaliation by protesters if she had voted to keep him. Quote, he was doing a great job. I respect him dearly. She's flat out saying the quiet part out loud that no one else will. Yeah, I would have loved to vote to keep him. He didn't do anything wrong, but... Liberal privilege. They might burn my house down and no one will stop them. So I have to do what they want. And what they want is dual justice. Separate application of the law depending on what your political status is. It's a common feature of authoritarian regimes. Those with the party always win. And the law isn't applied to them or isn't applied to them the way it is everybody else. Both cases reek of this dual justice. For instance, the media thought nothing of revealing the name of the officer who shot Mr. Wright back there in, you know, Minneapolis, thought nothing of posting her picture all over the place. You ever seen the photo of the Capitol Police officer who shot Ashley Babbitt ever? It's the best kept secret in America. You ever heard his name? Nope. Guarantee the media knows it. They protected him. He shot the right person. Shoot the wrong person? They'll publish your address. Your name, your photo, everything the mob needs to find you. The city council member there knew it. I'd hated to vote to let the city manager go, but she had to. Dual justice. And dual justice, what the mob wants, the mob gets, if the mob is a liberal mob, is exactly why the female officer in Minneapolis was charged, even though the shooting was accidental, but the Capitol Police officer was not, even though it was deliberate. Even though Ashley Babbitt posed no threat to anyone when he shot her, she wasn't even armed or anywhere near him or anyone else. 
It's exactly what writer Victor Davis Hanson said earlier this week when he wrote about the new rules for post-America. Number two is laws are not necessarily binding anymore. I would add neither is legal precedent or 30 years of court precedent on when we charge a cop and when we don't. That's all changed now. The new precedent is whatever the mob says and whatever the mob wants. Coming up next, why you shouldn't worry too much about court packing. Because there's a really good chance that in the process, the Democrats will destroy the very federal system they intend to rule us with. And they know it. To run, even for a day, our federal system, which has grown grotesquely and unconstitutionally out of proportion. To run it even a day requires a magical power buy-in by the people who are ruled by it. It is, at its heart, an honor system. And it feeds on and thrives on the people's love for America. The fact that we honor the dictates of both Congress, most of which these days are unconstitutional, the White House, same thing, mostly unconstitutional, and the Supreme Court, overwhelmingly unconstitutional in its rulings. The reason that they are honored and abided by Again, an honor system. There's no Praetorian Guard, nobody to force anybody to go along. Nothing but the belief in America and that system. In that way, the Democrats have used our patriotism and our love for our country, our honor, honoring of our institutions, our trust in them against us. If they were able to make a punchline of those institutions... A joke of them. If those institutions were to become the object of derision and scorn, then guess what? The superpower dries up. The only thing that powers the federal government, people's belief in it, their belief they have to abide by its mostly unconstitutional dictates. Things most people don't realize, they're mostly unconstitutional. But that would become glaringly obvious to all if the Democrats pack the court and that court begins issuing absurd rulings. The Democrats have even told us what they intend the court to do once they take it from nine to 13 members with a liberal majority. They tend to allow Joe Biden to take our guns with executive orders, to do things that aren't even constitutionally recognizable, to pave right over the Constitution, to sweep it aside. Well, that might be the way it is in their dream world, but the problem is to do it They either need an overwhelming force, like a military, to make us comply, or they need buy-in by the people. They don't have either, and they won't have either. And that's the inherent danger for them. They may actually do us the favor of finally stripping the federal government. And by the federal system, I mean the Supreme Court, the Congress, and the presidency of its outsized power that our founders never intended for it to have. Again, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know why. I'm not going to go back through it again. And the Democrats understand this perfectly. Stephen Breyer, himself a liberal Supreme Court justice, explained the risks just last week. The court is guided by legal principle, not politics. Structural alteration motivated by the perception of political influence can only feed that latter perception. Further eroding that trust. Erode that trust, he warns, and the Supreme Court loses its power. Good. The vast majority of the power it has now is utterly illegitimate, having been seized by the court over the years. The court was only ever supposed to interpret the laws that Congress passed. It wasn't supposed to have the kind of power it takes to create new rights, 
like the right to abortion or self-identity or a gay marriage. It simply doesn't have the jurisdiction to do it. Again, the honor system has given the court that. Imagine the court turning, turning out the kind of bizarre rulings that would come under liberal control. People would begin to laugh at it, to mock it, and it would produce stacks of paper with no meaning. In the end, it would begin to destroy, go a long way to destroying the federal system. This is a massive gamble the Democrats are taking. There are 50 states in this country, 50 opportunities for freedom. It's a high number. At least one will rebel, then two and three. Eventually, I suspect these court rulings would simply be ignored as people yawn. And the court is returned de facto to the way it once was, a very weak, powerless institution that our founders and those who came immediately after them often ignored. It had no teeth. It still doesn't. It's the ultimate man behind a curtain, issuing constitutionally bastardized decisions one after another, several in recent weeks that are even constitutionally recognizable. Biden himself understands the risks. He delineated them decade after decade when he railed against packing the courts. Listen to this clip where he calls it a boneheaded idea. He says it would erode trust in the court. Trust is the only power the court has. Erode the trust and the court just produces meaningless pieces of paper with drivel on them. Here, Biden's trashing Roosevelt for attempting to pack the court. It was a bonehead idea. It was a terrible, terrible mistake to make. And it put in question for an entire decade the independence of the most significant body, including the Congress, in my view, the most significant body in this country, the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Ironically, Biden understands exactly how it will look if he packs the court. He said this more than 15 years ago. But the nine old men of the court were thwarting his agenda. In this environment, Roosevelt, and remember this old adage about power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Corrupted by power, in my view, unveiled his court packing plan. He wanted to increase the number of justices to 15, allowing himself to nominate those additional judges. He took an active courage on the part of his own party institutionally to stand up against this power grab. A mad power grab that depends entirely on the willingness, the honor system, the willingness of the people to go along with it. Why do Democrats think it'll work? They think it'll work because we haven't put up one ounce of fight against anything they want to do. Don't despair, folks. You have to understand for the average person who doesn't listen to this podcast or to talk radio, nothing in their life has changed. They might have that crazy uncle who listens to talk radio warning about where things are going, but in their world, nothing has changed at all. They take that court and start issuing these rulings, and that'll all come tumbling down, and it's on. And as that power dissipates, it'll go back where it naturally belongs, to the states that seize it, for their citizens. Those places will become stronger, more economically prosperous, And people will flee there. This is a tremendous risk the Democrats are taking. I'd go so far as to say they wouldn't take it if they thought they could ever lose at the polls again. But they're in a panic over that, too. As I explained two podcasts ago, they're even getting their corporate friends to scream about voting integrity because they know if it's in place, they're going down. 
Yes, the Democrats know all of this. They know the huge risk that they're taking by potentially crippling the system they intend to use to rule with an iron fist. And they're already taking measures to whip that system into shape. As Conservative Treehouse, the blog, brilliantly pointed out earlier this week, this is why they're purging the military. Members of the military and the National Guard are already extensively background checked when they join. This supposed vetting of the National Guard was for extremism, you remember. They want Trump supporters out of the ranks. As Treehouse pointed out this week, this is why they're vetting the military. They fully intend to use it on our soil to try to enforce the dictates of this new unconstitutional government they plan to create by turning the Supreme Court into more of a legislature that answers phone calls from Democrats and does as they want and as they say. In fact, you can see all the pieces aligning, like the bill in the House right now that would create a new department inside the Department of Injustice and be staffed in part by the FBI. This new committee, this new department, would background for extremism every single law enforcement officer in the entire country, from the largest police department to the smallest sheriff's department. Ask yourself why they feel the need to do that. Ask yourself why they're currently purging the military, including new definitions that say if a person objects to gay marriage or other gender rights, that that is extremism. It qualifies as extremism. Why? Because it's a marker of having been or being on the right. It'll get you purged. They need these people out of the military, out of the National Guard, out of your local sheriff's department. So they can do what they want to do. Will they pull it off fast enough? Will it even work? We're in a race against time here, folks. And the race against time is on their side, too. They wouldn't be purging the military, the National Guard, or making plans to purge our law enforcement ranks if they didn't anticipate that we will simply slough off the federal system. We'll laugh at it, mock it, deride it when the Supreme Court becomes a legislature. No one will take it seriously. They clearly intend to force us to take it seriously. Will it work? Don't know. But it shows that they're anticipating we're not going to go along and that the honor system phase of our country is over and that it will end badly for them. I say good. Bring it all. Because there's a chance that 10 to 15 years from now, we could wake up freer than we are today. Freer than we've ever been in our lifetimes. Living in a state so free it actually resembles the first hundred years of our republic when we still remembered what the what the constitution said that the courts the presidency and congress could do but most importantly what they could not what was reserved for the states we could end up there by the hands of the democrats pray that's how it goes thank you for listening to today's edition of the battleground america podcast please subscribe and share with friends and family Everywhere, it may be the only way they get real news. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on radio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 